Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. guys the sound quality my end unfortunately wasn't the best but this is a fantastic episode and i hope you enjoy it hello and welcome to another episode of it's a groom's life and i am very honored to have the horse and hound groom of the year amelia sanderson hello amelia hi everybody how are you I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm so pleased you're on the podcast. So thank you so much for taking the time to um, have a little chat with me. No, thanks for having myself on. (laughs) Not a problem at all. So um, we've just been having a little quick brief chat before we started recording. Um, But I wanted to go back to the beginning. And can you tell me um, a little bit how you started what made you decide you wanted to sort of follow this career? So as a child, obviously, I was competing. Um, I had my own ponies. My mum ran a yard, so I was very lucky in that sense. So before school, after school, every weekend, I was just horsey mad. Um, And then at the age of 16, my mum found out about Talent School of Equitation um, down south in Gloucestershire. So she took me down there for a week's trial and I had the best week of my life and decided that's what I wanted to do. And I wanted to go and do my BHX exams. So I went down there and I can honestly say for the first day, I cried and cried. And I was like, this is so hard. Like, not because the work was hard. It was because I knew I wasn't going to see my mum and dad and family for so long. Um, And I was constantly on the phone to them. And then within two weeks my mum was messaging us are you all right Amelia haven't heard from you how you doing and then after like a month she was ringing even them is Amelia okay I've not heard from her and I just loved it so much um so yeah like down there there was like kind of it's all in like one yard um but they have like a main yard and a comp yard and obviously all the students kind of go on like a comp yard uh, main yard sorry first and then I think with my riding and turnout skills, um, Charlie Hutton actually approached us and said, my mum would love you um, to come and work on comp yard to look after her horses. So obviously I was getting her three ready for her to ride. Um, and I just loved it. And like, that's when I decided I wanted to be a groom. And yes, I love riding and I really do. But I like the hands-on, like behind the scenes sort of action. Um, so yeah, that's where I really got it from when I was down there. So from a young age, leaving school. Oh, brilliant. So was you there from you le- when you left school at 16? Yeah, so I left school in the, well, the end of like the school year. And then I started there in the September. Um, so I'd only been 16 for a few months and went down there. Um, I did my BHS stage one and two, but I couldn't do some of my exams with my age. So I decided to come home at 17. Um, but then within two weeks of being at home, I actually got a job with Nicola Wilson um wow. the event and so I was shift back off to North Allerton so it was kind of like it was a bit of a whirlwind like to start with being so young and not being at home mm. um but no I had an event and season with her and I thoroughly enjoyed it it was really good and then that's when I come back home um I decided that I'd been home for too long at such a young age um 
that I wanted to do like my driving test I wanted to see my friends um so that's when I started to work on a yard up here brilliant so how long was you working on that yard and then when did you decide you want to become freelance so I was on that yard for about three and a half year um so it was quite a while really loved it but then I kind of hit a a bit of a a bit of a stop I was like is this something I really want to do because I said to my mum leaving school at that age and going straight into something and still doing it now what happens if I don't know if I fell off and broke my leg or if I could never ride again you don't know what's going to happen what would I do again and I was lucky enough my sister actually worked in a, um, a nursery and there was an admin position going so she said look, would you like to take on the role and do some admin qualifications? So I thought, right, I'm going to do it. Um, So I went and done that for a year. And that's when I decided that inside really wasn't for me. So I started up my own business. And ever since then, I've been running Prestige at Wine. Wow. I mean, in a way, it's quite good just to have that experience because it's always handy to have when you're booking clients and doing your own opening for your business and stuff so in a way it was a it was a um good thing to do that for for your business yeah um yeah it was and um so I'm a huge fan of your page and if you guys haven't seen it you should really I really recommend you go into your page and you do a lot of clipping and um uh mane and tail pulling and stuff on there So um, what sort of tips would you give someone, say, who hasn't clipped at all before? It's going to be their first time. What sort of tips would you give someone? I would make sure you have the correct tools. Um, A lot of people that I know, like friends and stuff, that want to clip their own horses will go out and buy probably the cheapest clippers. And I mean, we've probably all made the mistake before, but it's not the best thing. Really put the money into something and then you'll get the best out of it. Um, You want to get a really good quality set of clippers, blades and oil um, and some like maybe pre-wash or after wash. So you obviously make sure your horse is nice and clean before and then give it a nice hot cloth after. So then the results are nicer. Um, Practice. Honestly, with everything is practice. Start with like a smaller clip um, and practice on your lines and stuff. Then if it does go wrong, you can go to your next clip, which takes more off. Um, and then if needs be, if you've got to take it all off, take it all off and wait until the next time it goes back in, especially if it's on your own horse. Don't feel like it's got to be perfect the first time. Um, just practice, practice, practice. Okay, that's good. And what sort of... Um questions do you or what do you sort of say to your clients to prep their horse before they get there um so you're not just turning up and the horse is just fresh from the field not being brushed and looks yes that's not that's not ideal um I would say if you can bath your horse thoroughly and that's not just a quick bit of water on a bit of shampoo it needs to be a thorough scrub like getting really deep down the skin you want that grease gone because there's nothing worse than trying to run your clippers through a greasy dirty coat not only is it damaging your clippers but it's also damaging the horse's skin because it can really snag at it as well um so yeah if you can bath that would be ideal obviously a lot of people don't have the facilities to bath um so if you can't do that hot cloth running up to the clip 
Um, so like I say, if you have your clips on a Wednesday, hot cloth on Monday, Tuesday, and maybe the Wednesday morning, it takes 15, 20 minutes max. Um, and then if you don't even have hot water, which a lot of people, you can bring a kettle from home. Um, if not a good brush, like give it your horse a good brush um, a few days before and not just a quick flick over, like a thorough, thorough brush with the right tools as well. Okay. And what about um, clipping or tidying up um, feathers like on a cob? Do you deal with cobs much or is it yes. just... All the time. Um, cobs that actually get obviously a lot through the winter, which we kind of just take everything off because we give a full clip. Whereas summer, we have to do a lot of like feather blending because we're not going to clip the full bodies. Um, so we'll blend the leg. It's like we call it reverse leg blend. So you, you go up the leg. Um, so the, if you say leg blending to someone, they'll think it's from, do you know where your hunter clip leg line is? Mm-hmm. Um, that blended down, but a reverse is from like the coronet band up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah we get a lot of that through the winter with cobs is a lot because of like the mud fever and stuff and then summer is to do with the mites and the heat so yeah a lot of cobs get their feathers taken off yeah and um I wanted to now go back um as like a freelancer and your career so could you I mean you briefly talked about it when you left school if someone's thinking about becoming a groom, what sort of research or training do you think they should do before they look into becoming a groom? So it could be freelancing or going to a yard. I definitely think get some qualifications behind it. And the BHS qualifications are brilliant. But experience is massive. Like I learned so much through my qualifications, but I learned a lot more behind the scenes of the qualifications and working around all different horses you one horse at one yard and then in the next horse at the next yard isn't going to be the same so if you're just going to one accredited center and doing your qualifications and learning everything there leaving that and going somewhere else could be completely different so you need to go at different yards um, and just experience all that. Every yard runs it so differently so from a racing yard to event yard to a dressage yard the, everything's just so different and they have all every, every different person has their own ways of doing things as well you've just got to pick it up yeah so I, I agree my- yeah I mean where I freelance and stuff you definitely pick even like now like years I've been doing it freelancing for three years now and even now you every day you find like a new technique or yeah. um a new condition or do you know what I mean there's always something that you can learn even if you've been in the job for such a long time every day you can pick up a new thing can't you yeah um right oh sorry was you gonna say something no sorry. <laughs> um so with um being a freelancer can you tell me the good points and the bad points if there are any um, I would say the good points definitely weigh over the bad points is because why I do it. But like every job, there is always going to be bad points. Um, I wouldn't say the bad points, but there are a lot of points what people wouldn't think about. So like I don't just finish my job when I finish my last client. I've got to come home. I've got to sit and do my books. I've got to do my diary. I've got to message all my clients back who've booked in the ones that I've got the next day, preparing them for like, their session that day um you're never it's never finished like I, I always feel like 
that you never have a day off because if you're sitting for half an hour, it's like, oh, well, I could do this. I can do that. But the good points are being able to travel and meet so many different people and horses. Um, and it is flexible. Um, so like right now, obviously, I'm speaking to you. So I've kind of moved my diary around a little bit so then I can have this time. And if you had appointments, like non-horsey appointments, you can get them in. Um, yeah, it, there's loads and loads of benefits of it. But the the bad I wouldn't say the bad points because there is nothing bad um is that you always feel like you're constantly having to do stuff but that's I think that's me as well because I always want to better my business I don't just come home and think oh, I'm finished for the day I want to progress um and also I think a big thing if people are going to start up their own business is maybe have like a policy for cancellations mm-hmm. um I didn't really have this when I first started so I would just as soon as people booked in, I would write the name in the diary and that was it. Um, and then I would message them the night before and either they'd forgot or they'd well, book something else in or they were like, oh, we just don't want it anymore. So now I have like a deposit system. And I think that has worked massively for me because um, if clients don't pay the deposit in a certain time frame, um, I don't book them in. And then I will give them a little like reminder and then that reminder either says they don't want the booking anymore or they're like, hey, sorry, I forgot. And that I think that's helped me out a lot more as well. Yeah. And that's actually a good tip, really, because um, I think with um, us grooms, we I don't know if taking advantage is the right term, but um, I think we we are there for when people need us. And then sometimes yeah. at the last minute we do get the text saying, oh, sorry, I don't need you anymore or don't worry, I'm going to be there or whatever, which is sometimes great because you're like, oh, thank God, I don't need to rush around to do that. But yeah. then that is money that you're losing as well. And we obviously are self-employed and we rely on the regular work. So having that deposit system um, must really help and also secure the appointment as well yeah. and having so many cancellations as well. Especially in a busy clipping season, I mean... I don't, I try and put in on a day as much as I physically can do. And I mean, I could probably do more in my head, but like my body couldn't do any more. I mean, it's so, so many clips you can do in the cold during the winter. Um, so yeah, if you're trying to get everybody in and everybody say from that area, then you squeeze someone else in, then that person cancels, but you can't move forward. It just, it does really mess up your diary. So be a bit tactical with your diary as well. Um, when I first started, I kind of was just putting people in, like someone said, can I have this time? So I popped them in and then this time. And then at the end of the year, when I sat and looked at like my books, I was thinking I've been in that area that day. And then the next area, the next day, but I've been back to this. And now I do like set area dates. Mm-hmm. So if someone wanted to book in like a narrow way, I'll just put on my Facebook, right. I'm in this area that day. If you want booked in, that's like your kind of chance. Yeah. Um, until I'm like next in the area or there's more people um, so I'll do like multiple yard bookings instead of going for one um, but I think when you're starting your business you've just got to grab everything with what you can and get it all in um, but as you grow yeah I've definitely learned this like last clipping season while we're kind of still in it right now aren't we um, to be a bit more tactical with my diary yeah and to be honest that seems to be um, when I've been doing like um, these episodes that seems to be a common thread I think yeah. where when you first start off and I'm exactly the same you just want to say yes 
because mm-hmm. you want to get that security and stuff. And then also you want to build up that reputation. Just say yes. And then you think, well, yeah. I'll sort out how I'm going to fit it in later, which you always do, but you end up running around mm-hmm. like a headless chicken. And then once you sort of get a bit established, then you soon um, realise that actually I can say no and yeah. and no, I'm actually going to have a day off and stuff like that. So do you schedule days off as well? Do you have certain days to make sure that you have your own? I like, I like to have a Sunday off. Like I do try because obviously I do have my own life. I've got a house, a partner and a dog and I've got my own horse. So I do try and schedule a Sunday off. So I know that's a day where we can like go out together um, and I can actually get a nice long hack on my own horse because during the winter months, I mean, time I finish, it's too dark to do anything with her. Um, so, yeah, I definitely try and schedule a Sunday off. I have been doing the odd morning appointments on a Saturday morning, but I would like to I do like to try and get a Saturday off, like afternoon off as well. So it gives us that a bit of time um, as in holidays. I have not had a week off for, I can't even remember now, it must have been, it will be coming up nearly two years now where I've booked a full week off. Um, I think it's a little bit different when you're self-employed. When you're working for someone, as soon as you finish on that Friday to go away on holiday, you're fine until you go back, whereas I know you're losing that money for a week um you don't have any holiday payments so I definitely gonna be like this year putting like holiday savings away and that's something I've never done so it means like if I want two weeks off that's like kind of my work covered but no to be honest now I don't really I'm not bothered about having time off I think it's because I'm doing what I enjoy every single day and if I wanted to quiet a day I could always like pull people or everyone in on a Monday, Tuesday, have a quiet day on a Wednesday. And then I can like play around with my diary a bit more now. So I'm not really that bothered about having like full two weeks off. I think I would get a little bit bored. bored. But yeah. I did COVID, so still in COVID, aren't we? But uh, yeah, I was like that at the beginning. And then last year I was sitting there thinking, well, if I was in an employed job, I would have like four weeks holiday entitlement so I was like well I'm entitled to have it well I'm entitled to have any as much time as I want off but I thought if I was I'm thinking if I was an employed job that I would have that holiday obviously COVID happened so it really didn't happen but like going forward I want to try and think a bit like if I was an employed person what would be my personal entitlement um, yeah. and just put that in practice for my self-employed so this year if we ever get out of lockdown or anything like that then I'm gonna have holidays and have a holiday do you know what I mean even if it's just a week off and just potting around I mean I love to go abroad obviously but even if we just have time away sometimes you just need to recharge and then start yeah. again yeah it would be nice even like it would be nice to go and do my own horse in the morning. I mean, I'm so lucky my mum um, runs the yard where actually she's actually doing her in the morning. But when I have a Sunday off, all I'm excited about is going down and seeing my horse's face in the morning and getting to do her. So even having time off with her and the dogs. I mean, I don't think it'll be a broad holiday this year. I'm not risking it at all. No. Um, but yeah, a nice week off would be good. Maybe like start of spring. Yeah. April. I think I'm pushing it there because <laughs> I've got June in my head. I've got a feeling like in June we're going to start being 
I'll put inverted commas normal. Yeah. It'll still be different, but it'll be a bit more normal than what we've had been. I've got that in my head for June. But who knows? Who knows? Was the first lockdown, did that affect you when we had like a complete lockdown? Did that affect your business or anything? Or Yeah, massively. Like really bad. So when was it? It was like end of March last year, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Start of yeah. April. Um, I was lucky enough that one of the yards I work at Monday to Friday for two hours, um, I only go, well, I choose to go from like six to eight in the morning, just so then I'm kind of done and I'm ready for my day of like clipping and riding. So I just muck out there. Um, because it was like welfare, then I could go there because um, mm-hmm. obviously we weren't allowed to do any clipping. I wouldn't have went out anyway because I think it was really scary the first lockdown. No yeah. one really knew what was happening. Um, so, yeah, I had I'd literally just had that work. Um, so I was only working, what's that, 10 hours a week? And it didn't, I mean, it was, we got no help whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried everything, but with just starting my business, like two years before that and not having, I think it was that, I needed that extra like tax return. Um, yeah. So as soon as April 5th came, I got that tax return in, but still nothing. So like really, really struggled. Um, But I was just so thankful that I had, my yard where we could go and do so we potted on and stuff there but everyone was just in lockdown I mean all the yards around our way had like set times um they weren't allowing visitors on I think they were allowing farriers on if it was like a desperate case but some of them turned the horses out 24 7 yeah and said look that's it they have to go out um so yeah obviously I wasn't allowed to go on and work so it was just a very, well actually it was quite nice because like you say we've got some time off yeah but it was it was nice but stressful and it was nice weather so yeah it was a bit of mixture but I'm kind of we are kind of back to normal now because mm. I think they've realized that we are more can work more on the welfare in a lot of anything to do with equine as you say like even the clipping is welfare isn't it mm. um so they've brought yeah. that in now the riding they said that we can do well we weren't even allowed to do that the first lockdown so everything's changed so I'm glad that's picked up a little bit yeah I think with the first lockdown it was just so unknown wasn't it so yeah. I think it was the fact of just shut everything down and then we'll see you know how the science and whatever they the government does and stuff and like you say like now we've got so much more information about it and we've got so much um awareness and stuff that we can continue doing our job and we are we're not essential workers as such but we have to go to work um because we can't work from home (laughs) we can't muck out responsibility to look after horses I mean yeah I know like the maybe like the clipping and the riding isn't isn't that side but I mean the mucking out and the caring for the horses as in like turning them out grooming them feeding them that is well it's massive isn't it someone's got to do it haven't they yeah yeah so I think like the last like the November one we had a little one and then this one it's definitely made um our roles or any sort of self-employed person really so like a chiropractor or um farrier stuff I think it's made their life a lot easier hasn't it yeah definitely The next thing I want to talk about, which I'm so excited about, which you're probably sick to death about talking about, but it's the (laughs) Hound Group 2020. How exciting. And this award, I think this is the fifth year, is that? Am I right in saying that? 
Yeah, it hasn't been running that long. No, because the previous win- winners have been Alan Davis for Cole Hester, Amy yeah. Phillips for Piggy March. I mean, there's some big people up there. So, <laughs> so tell me about how did this all start? Was Did someone just nominate you or how does it all start? So I, I kind of seen it on Facebook. Um, someone shared it on Facebook saying um, like it was the Horse and Hounds post about sharing and um, nominating you like your freelance groom of the year, blah, blah, blah. So it was all that. So I kind of just shared it and then... One of our um, local riding club ladies, chairmen, she actually messaged us saying, I've nominated you. And I was like, wow. And then that was, that's kind of where I went from. And then a few people who would, um, like my clients and stuff, they were talking about it. And they were like, you have put you forward. And every time I was going, people were like, and I was thinking, I've getting some nominations here. And I don't know whether they should have been telling me. And like a really good friend of mine, um, he was like, oh, I've had Horse and Hound on the phone. Um, the one it like they had to speak to him um and ask like a bit more information on his like um nomination he gave us. So then I had an email, or was it a Facebook message? I think it was a Facebook message actually, saying that I'd been put forward and was in the top four. And I was just I was literally speechless. Because when I seen the people that had been put forward, um, like you say, they were top international grooms. And like I was just this little freelancer from the northeast in the corner, and I was like, Oh no, like no way am I gonna get this. Like this is massive. And I said to like my mum I'm already a winner in my eyes because I'm getting so far and like this is just massive for me um so it was a bit of a secret as well because they hadn't brought out the nominees until they'd released it on the magazine and stuff Mm. but obviously they spoke to me and wanted photographs and stuff and then so yeah when it went to like the public for voting I mean, the amount of support I had over my social medias and like my clients around the Northeast, even like further field clients who I used to do years ago and that have moved away. They had people from down south sharing it. It was just it was crazy. I had people messages on Instagram who I didn't even know. and be like, we've shared it. We're getting like everybody who follows me who was like from my side have done it. And I was just I was really overwhelmed. Um. And then one day I was just, I was stood in the kitchen and I was actually, I spoke to them about it on my horse and hound interview. My brother messaged us and he was like, well, what's happening? I'm sick. Like I've seen all this being shared, but we've not heard nothing back. Yeah. And I was like, well, I've ever, like, I don't know. Um, because I just thought that it would be released without me knowing. So like, do you know, like on their social media, yeah. um, and I was like sitting, having my lunch, having a cup of tea, and I clicked on my emails, and there it was. It was like this big thing, and I and I don't just keep reading it, and I couldn't believe it. And I was like, I have to read that again because I'm not the best at reading that anyway. Because mm-hmm. I just glanced over it, and I was like, eh. and I just burst into tears. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. Like I'm so glad I didn't open that in front of anybody else because yeah. the surprise would have went. Um, and I just. I was literally speechless and I, I the dog was like jumping around because she's like why is mommy just started crying <laughs> but I think it was like it was happiness and then like so emotional as well because I just didn't expect it and um, so yeah it was it was a month before they released it um into God, the so magazine you had to keep it quiet that whole time yeah so I had they were going to send out someone to do a photo shoot 
Um, but with cover, like the current guidelines and stuff, they didn't want to send a photographer out um, just in case. So yeah. I actually got my own photographer in and everyone was like, why are you getting a random photo shoot? And we're like, oh, for my, I had to table my sponsored clothing and stuff down to it. And I was like, oh, I'm just getting it for my social medias. And like, I took it all down and like some people were watching and I was like, and then do you know when you're just trying to get them? And I was like, I need to get this award out to take a photo. <laughs> so yeah, it's like a couple of people did find out beforehand, but I was like, you really need to keep quiet. And I mean, if you have a photographer come to the yard and then you're getting this like nice award out and the horses yeah. stand, they're gonna start questioning. Um so yeah, it was it was just amazing. And that day I come out to the public, um, it was just yeah so much support and I couldn't I can't thank everyone enough for all the shares likes and votes they've done for us so everything they've yeah it's been amazing god when I saw it on your social media I was like yeah she's done it I couldn't believe it I was so like I don't want to sound patronizing but I was so proud of you and I think it's really really like it's amazing because like you say you're you're this freelancer up there doing your little thing and then there's all these other big wigs that you're up against so how do do you know how they sort of narrow it down do they narrow it down just by how many nominations you've had or do they do it how do they sort of um the I think it goes off with the amount of nominations you've had Mm. but it also goes off um the what they've wrote so like I mean someone could have a hundred nominations but what they've wrote about it and why they should get it might be very minimal and not really what they're looking for so yeah mm-hmm. that um they put it through like they did say they would read everybody so they just picked horse and hound picked their top four and mm-hmm. then obviously when it went to public it was just the amount of votes you got yeah wow yeah. that's so, like yeah. it just shows how loyal your clients and um yard, your people at your yard and everything like that yeah. it just shows how loyal they are to you and how oh, much of a good job you do because the the uh recognition afterwards just says it all really doesn't it so yeah. that's amazing well done oh thank you <laughs> um so I mean we talked about clipping before so I was gonna ask you what is your top tip or a hack that you do so it could be for like turnout or a yard duty that you do is there like a hack that you could say to offer to other grooms that might save them time Uh, well I'm a bit I've got a little bit of like OCD for like cleansiness and organization so massively organization so like the night before I'll have my clipping bag all lined up everything's clean and ready um, when I muck out I don't just chuck everything out the stable and then at the end go what have I done I do stable by stable so once that stable door shut I don't have to go back in again yeah. so if I walk down the yard I always think if anything happened at least that half of the yard's done yeah. um so yeah possibly like organization like have a bit of a structure of whatever you're gonna do so like clipping don't just go in at the neck then in at the back end and then start at the legs start in one area and slowly work because if the horse kicks off or anything happens you can like you can make a clip out of it you don't just you see some people do a little bit here there and everywhere and see if the horse had enough or anything happened Mm. you're left with a patchy clip so yeah bit of organization with everything um make sure you're always on time 
Yeah. And I think that's a massive thing. Don't rush around. Um, leave Always leave enough time between clients. Um, I like to be a bit of ahead of myself as well. Um, but no, like, as in, t- like, turnout tips as well. Um, keep on top of your horse, as in, like, trimming and tidying. Um, don't just leave it for months and months and months and go, right, now I need to tackle that big, thick mane. If you just do a little bit every other week, yeah. um, if you can do it yourself, it's better for the horse and it'll always keep it tidier as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely, I think definitely on the, the tips are definitely on the lines of having a structure and a routine. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so many tips I can give as in grooming tips and stuff. Like, that's just massive. I'll be here all day. But, yeah, yeah it's definitely structure and routine. And is there, um, say, a number one, like, grooming product or clipping product that you couldn't live without? Like, if you could only have one thing and that's it, is there, like, one you could choose? Oh, well, <laughs> if I couldn't live with one clipper, if I could only choose one clipper to take around everywhere, it would be the Liveryman Harmony Plus. That is so, like, versatile. Um, you can change the blades on it so you can use it for a full body clip or you can put like a skip tooth blade on so you can do like feather blending um so yeah my harmony plus is definitely a clipper of choice mm-hmm. um and then a grooming product oh i would say um super shine from smart grooming yeah you can run it through the main or tail to make them super shiny or you can hot cloth um with it after clipping or you can do it even like on a show morning and stuff so they are definitely my two products I would keep yeah. and they go together well because obviously you could clip with one and then yeah. hot cloth after yeah very good partnership aren't they yeah cool right I've just got a couple of quick fire questions it's nothing okay. exciting but just to get to know you a little bit more so are you a night in or a night out when we can go out <laughs> I'm definitely a night in girl now, but I used to be a night out girl when I was younger. But since I got my own house, no, definitely night in. I couldn't think of anything worse having to get ready now to go on a night out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So are you a tea or a coffee? Depends on how I wake up in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Do you drink more than the other? I probably drink more, more tea than coffee. Okay. Yeah. Are you a wellies or a heels? Wellies. <laughs> Sweet or savoury? Sweet. Um, book or a film? Film. And what's the last film you watched? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what it was. Or do you watch Netflix? Do you like a good Netflix series? Yeah, love a good Netflix series. I mean, the last thing I watched was Line of Duty. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, is there any other recent Netflix series that you can recommend that you liked? Are you watching Bridgerton? Have you watched Bridgerton yet? Yes, I have watched that. That's really good. To be honest, I kind of flip through and just put it on. So, like, the names of them, I wouldn't have a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so so much for talking to me. Where can people find you on social media? Or do you have a website? Where can people find you? 
So my business page on Facebook is called Prestige Equine, um, but the little at sign of it's quicker, that's Professional Equestrian Services. And then on Instagram, it's Amelia J and then little dash equine groom. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. I really appreciate it. Um, And hopefully we will speak to you soon. Yeah, thank you very much for having us on. No worries. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. If you want to find me on my social media, I am on Instagram under Cobbs Equine Shop underscore services. And on Facebook, I am Cobbs Equine Shop and services. Thank you so much and I'll speak to you next time. making it if you um, like to follow me on socials my um, instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um, if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um, other people to highlight the um, episodes to other people and i will speak to you all on the next episode